0: Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up with the first half of the 2021 Hancock County Fair in the Books, we look forward to a big weekend of entertainment and Monday's all-important livestock sale. Also this morning, temperatures may be cooler, but the sun is just as bright, meaning sunscreen is still necessary, but is it enough to give you all the skin protection you need? After falling to Perrysburg last week, the Findlay Trojans look to bounce back against winless Bowling Green, Coach Stephan Adams previews tonight's matchup, and a collection of fair-inspired recipes this week from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, September 3rd, 2021. Yesterday, you remember we asked you to share the thing you most look forward to seeing or doing each year at the Hancock County Fair. That was our question of the day yesterday on Facebook, and we got some really interesting responses. And a lot of you put fair food right up at the top of the list of the things that you most look forward to every year at the fair. So, today's question of the day, expanding on that, what is... The best fair food. What is the one thing that you have to have when you come to the Hancock County Fair? And it could be a fair food. It struck me that we could interpret that question a couple of different ways. What is the best fair food just in general when you go to a fair, whether it's the county fair, the state fair, a street fair, any of those places where fair food trucks are set up, or if you want to get more specific about it, what fair food screams Hancock County Fair is unique to the Hancock County Fair specifically? Uh, for example, uh, B-Trance. I mean, that's that's the Hancock County Fair. I mean, that's unique to us but anyway what is your favorite fair food it's our question of the day you can check out our facebook page wfin and uh, sound off and share your favorites so west virginia this is an interesting story west virginia is once again paying people to move to their state they're paying people to move to west virginia thousands uh, thousands of inquiries were made about the program When they did this, oh, some months ago, I remember talking about it when they originally launched this program, paying people to move to West Virginia because they figure people now can work remotely. And so you can, if you can work for anywhere from anywhere, why not work from West Virginia? They got thousands of inquiries and 53 new people moved to West Virginia. There are 53 new mountaineers because of the program the first time around so they're doing it again now under the program participants who move to the state get $12,000 in cash along with annual passes for whitewater rafting, golf, rock climbing, horseback riding, skiing and zip lining with the total value of the relocation package valued at more than $20,000 the downside is of course you have to live in west virginia but dum bum but 20 grand in cash and gifts to move to a wild, wonderful West Virginia. Now, they're only going to accept so many applicants, but for those who aren't accepted to get the full prize package, a consolation prize is being offered this time of around uh, in the amount of about $2,500 in mortgage assistance if they decide to move to West Virginia anyway, even if they don't get all of the cash and the goodies. You can still get some mortgage assistance. The state is doing this as the 2020 census found that West Virginia lost a greater percentage of its residents than any other state over the past decade. And it is the only state with fewer residents today than it had in 1950. I guess that makes sense. When you consider those statistics, they figure they've got to do something to boost the population of West Virginia. Uh, Meanwhile, on the other end of the spectrum, prospective bar owners in Utah are getting some welcome news thanks to the latest census data. The new population figures will allow the Utah Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control to issue four more bar licenses. Under state law, Utah can have one bar for every 10,200 residents. And with the population increase in the census, they get to open up four new bars <laughs> in Utah. So that's pretty exciting. <laughs> uh, some of the other uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your TGI Friday morning started have you heard about this kerfuffle? The CEO of Sweet Green, which is a salad chain has been blasted online over a post on social media earlier this week about covid 19 in which jonathan neiman sweet green ceo downplayed vaccines and masks in favor of healthy eating instead he began by stating that 78 percent of covid hospitalizations are of people who are overweight or obese, and suggested that this was the root cause of our health problems. In the post, he wrote, quote, no vaccine nor mask will ever save us, and suggested instead looking at health mandates instead of mask mandates as an alternative. Uh, explaining his idea, he said, what if we made the food that is making us sick illegal? What if we taxed processed food and refined sugar to pay for the impact of the pandemic? Well, talk about fair food—that would all go away. <laughs> First of all, for starters, there would be—I can't imagine coming to the fair and having a salad. But uh, in any event, among the criticisms, some noted the benefits, uh, or the, the the benefits that he's proposing would obviously benefit his business. So. Uh, He has a little skin in the game here. And uh, others accused him of fat shaming. Now, he did point out that he is vaccinated and he supports the COVID vaccines. And for reference, he says 78% of COVID uh, hospitalizations or people are overweight or obese, which is true. But for reference, the CDC says 73% of adult Americans overall are overweight or obese. So the statistics... In COVID hospitalizations and the overall population are pretty much in line. Uh, He later deleted the post, but it is creating some stir on social media. The uh, pandemic is still happening. um, And you may have wondered, what are the chances that you have been exposed and not gotten sick? Infectious disease specialist Monica Gandhi says that COVID-19 is really so transmissible that there is a high chance, depending on the community transmission rate in your area, if you have a substantial or high transmission rate based on CDC definitions, which we do have in Hancock County, there is a good chance, a high chance, she says, that you may have been exposed. Epidemiologist Jennifer Nuzio says it is also important to realize that being exposed does not necessarily equate to infection, but... Again, the Delta variant in particular is so transmissible that if you've been out and about in an area with a lot of spread without wearing a mask or social distancing, there is a solid chance that you have been exposed. She says whether exposure causes an infection depends on several factors, like how close you were to an infected person, how much virus that person was radiating, if you will, what the ventilation was like in the area that you were and so on. I say many vaccinated people who were exposed probably didn't notice as they will have produced an immune response to successfully fight off the virus before it can cause symptoms uh, also the growing consensus among infectious disease specialists is that we're all going to be exposed at some point and as such it is best to do uh, it is best to be exposed with some immunity which you can get with a vaccine of course so anyway just- in case you were wondering, and I don't know how many times I've had people say that to me in conversations about COVID-19, what are the chances that everybody's just been exposed? Probably pretty good. Um, a couple of other... Oh, by the way, and this relates to the pandemic, not to beat this point to death, but I thought this was kind of interesting. Researchers at MIT have found that many people have a pretty good handle on detecting online misinformation. That has been such a topic in the news, a topic of concern, not just with the pandemic, whether we're talking about uh, election, you know, the election politics, all of the misinformation that is out there online. But they find that people have pretty good BS detectors, <laughs> just naturally, specifically. The MIT researchers found that crowdsourced fact checking for accuracy from regular everyday news readers does stack up to the work performed by professional fact checkers. In other words, uh, the things that people post online, somebody posts something silly online and you say, well, that doesn't make any sense. You're probably just as accurate as any fact checker. Senior study co-author David Rand says there is no one thing that solves the problem of fake news online. But we're working to add promising approaches to the anti-misinformation toolkit. It's good to know that we generally have a pretty good BS detector when it comes to online misinformation. And lastly, again, among the first things you need to know this morning. Have you heard about this? This is actually really cool. One of the things this year at the fair is uh, online ticketing has been really popular. People buying their tickets online, just flashing their phone at the gate to get in makes it a really smooth process well the next iteration of this is uh, driver's licenses on your mobile device it could be on your iphone your apple watch eventually could be coming to android devices as well and a few states are signing on to this users will soon be able to use digital ids to You know, if you happen to be stopped by the cops or if you're going through security at airports in lieu of a physical identification card, the first states to offer this feature will be Arizona and Georgia, Connecticut, Iowa, Kentucky, Maryland, Oklahoma, and Utah will join in at a later date. Apple did not announce a specific timeline for the rollout of these digital driver's licenses. For now, the feature will be limited to airport security use only but if it's good enough for airports it's got to be good enough for just about everybody else It'd be interesting to to see and this may be something that is commonplace years from now and you can tell people i remember hearing about that on this program on friday september 3rd 2021 that's what i first heard about it. so now you know there you go some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your friday morning started
1: WFIN News, I'm John Marshall. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast. A very pleasant day, sunny skies, and a high near 80. U.S. Senator Sherrod Brown was in Findlay yesterday when he joined the mayor and nonprofit leaders for a roundtable discussion on housing needs as Congress works to make new investments in communities. The Democrat is the chair of the U.S. Senate Committee on Banking, Housing, and Urban Affairs.
0: We're making decisions about how we get, you know, whether it's Cleveland or whether it's Fostoria um, or whether it's Genera in a small town. We,
1: we're trying to make decisions. We are making decisions that, that we hope will mean more homes will be built. We can get more affordable, accessible homes. The senator and mayor agree that upgrading local housing and other infrastructure is crucial in helping attract businesses and residents. Get more on our website. The administration at Bowling Green State University is following the lead of numerous other colleges and universities within the state in requiring that students and staff be vaccinated. According to a communication from the university president, Rodney K. Rogers, the school will require the members of the university community to be vaccinated for the spring semester, with proof provided by November 29th. The statement also explained that those with health, religious, or conscientious objections to getting the shots will be considered for an exemption. Those who are granted a waiver will be required to follow designated protocols, including wearing masks and submitting to regular COVID-19 testing. We have a link to the announcement on our website. Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff, the director of the Ohio Department of Health, held a press conference on Thursday morning warning that hospital and ICU admissions related to COVID-19 are increasing, especially among children. More from ONN's Tracy Townsend.
2: Overall, the top five counties where COVID is spreading are counties with 30 to 40 percent vaccination rates. One in eight patients admitted in a hospital in our state right now has COVID. COVID patients represent one in five in ICUs. This
1: wave is having a very serious impact on our hospitals because hospitals don't admit people who aren't very seriously ill anymore. I'm Tracy Townsend. In for Matt Demchek, I'm John Marshall, WFIN News.
3: You're listening to Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM.
0: So after today, the first half of the 2021 Hancock County Fair is in the books. So good to be back, though, this year. And joining us is uh, Fair President Jeff Cole. Uh, here at our our booth, thanks to the Lincoln uh, County Cattlemen for uh, allowing us to kind of invade their patio here. This is one of the neat new additions, Jeff, to the uh, fair, and they've done a beautiful job with this uh, patio. It's a great uh, place for folks to kind of kick back and relax, and for us to broadcast. And this is a very busy place today, the cattle barn.
4: Good morning, Chris. Yes, it certainly is, and and you're right. This is a nice little uh, home improvement project that happened here to to really clean up and uh, make. A nice setting here at the yeah. north, or at the south end. I'm sorry, at the south end of the Buckeye Building, and and yeah, as you mentioned, today is the beef show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dairy show is also uh, a little later this morning in the NWO Arena, but the beef show will be in the wrecker Arena here, starting shortly. And uh, for those of you who have never been around the cattle barn behind the scenes when they're getting ready for. A beef show there's a, a lot that goes into that yeah and uh, i don't know if you all out there can hear it or not but there is a <laughs> whole lot of activity in the background here
0: we said uh, a little <laughs> bit earlier, I think, the, I think the cows know that today's a big oh, day. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 low.
4: They're all stirred up. They're getting excited. It's, it's game day for them.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> right. As we mentioned, the patio here is new on the south side of the uh, the cattle barn, the Buckeye building. Yes. Uh, new youth building uh, this yes. year. Uh, getting yes. a lot of good comments on that.
4: Yes. Well, yes. So we dedicated that um, when, or Tuesday evening and uh, uh, so it was great to finally uh, use that for its intended purpose mm-hmm. uh, from all of the donors that uh, put that thing together and we got that building up there about a, a little more than a year and a half ago i guess it's been now uh, but yeah it's really nice um, we, we gained a little square footage but i think it's so much more airy and and the lighting yeah. and everything is in there and so those displays really really pop and so yeah if you come out to the fair make sure you get to the new junior fair pavilion and check out all those 4-H booths and FFA booths and the scouts and all those that are in there. Um, it's really a nice display. And the kids were, and, their, and their 4-H clubs and all their clubs worked really hard to get that so put together. So
0: while we're talking about things that are new this year to the fair, I know the leading up to the fair, we were talking with you about the a new online ticketing uh, system. Uh, what has uh, been the uh, verdict on that so far? Has that worked? Has that gone smoothly And uh, everything you expected it to be?
4: It has gone. It's gone fairly, fairly smoothly. I wouldn't say we haven't had a couple of uh, hiccups since this is our first venture into sure. that. But, but it's been really great for all of you who are buying your tickets before you get to the gate. Uh, I think you can attest for the fact that you can walk right through the gate and we can scan you and in you go. So. Um, it, it speeds up your entry into the fair if you get your tickets online ahead of time. We're still taking cash at every gate. I want to make sure everybody understands that. At least this year, we're going to take cash at every gate. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're getting along with that really well, and it's been uh, well-received by most of our yeah. fairgoers.
0: And, and folks can still buy those tickets online if they're coming out this weekend.
4: That's right. You can buy your tickets online. You can go to our website, hancockcountyfairgrounds.org and you'll see the buy ticket links there and for those of you and we've got signs all the way up to the gate Every as you approach. Um, you can also tic, uh, text tickets to 419-406-4447 and that will also take you right to the uh, online ticket page, awesome. and you can do it from your phone.
0: Yeah, so uh, really easy, really convenient, yeah. uh, and like you said, uh, much quicker to funnel people through and That's get right. them in, That's right. which is good because it's been big crowds. We have, have
4: had big crowds these first two days. We have had big crowds. We're still crunching the numbers a little bit. Um, I'm not prepared to tell you that we're setting records, but we think we're, we're right there. Um, but it's obvious when you're here on the grounds uh, these last couple of days, yeah. a lot of energy, a lot of people. Um, So we're having a great fair so far. And the weather, by the way, Amazon Prime. I ordered my weather two weeks ago, (laughs) and it has arrived.
0: It has arrived. Uh, Well, you know, we said at the outset, looking ahead to the weather forecast, that it was going to be so beautiful. And, of course, with the fair having not happened last year, kind of that pent-up demand and excitement for things, not a big surprise that we have seen huge crowds. And even here this early in the morning, uh, it it struck me yesterday, uh, about this same time, how many people were... You know, milling about on right. the fairgrounds already, right. and uh, it just uh, portends of the things to come.
4: So. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And we know we're competing with Football Friday tonight, um, and that, that that's a uh, thing that happens every year where right. uh, we have a lot of our families and and their young folks um, will head out of here. Uh, for part of the evening, anyway, and go play football and be in the band and do the things that they do and support their schools and their teams. Uh, but then they tend to come back yeah. uh, late at night there, too, after the ball game. So, so, yeah, so actually, Friday night's a really good night to come. Uh, for dinner because uh, the crowd will thin a little bit around yeah, dinner the lines time. are shorter yeah, yeah it'll thin absolutely. just a little bit so absolutely. uh
0: there are certain there are certain booths certain trailers food vendors where the lines never are, can be long
4: yeah and they never thin out on and some of those yeah.
0: i think you know which ones we're talking about and if you want to avoid the longest lines tonight maybe be your that's night that's right
4: that's right now we cannot mention their name on the air because they did not pay <laughs> their promotional fee to do that
0: <laughs> but i think but, we all we know. all know that's right <laughs>
4: <We're talking
0: about. laughs> a lot of weekend entertainment yes sir uh, big weekend for uh entertainment here at the big Fair. weekend
4: B- big weekend let's start with tonight uh what's going on this evening tonight so up here in the north arena Uh, will be the what they call the battle of barrels so it's barrel racing for those of you that don't know what that means we're not rolling barrels around into each other so that's horses uh, as you can see in the rodeo circuit and so forth doing the barrel race and it's pretty entertaining Uh, We'll have some very, very competitive people come, and those are exciting. But then you'll see someone come in on a donkey or a draft horse or who knows what they might ride in there. (laughs) Or be all dressed up in some uh, outfit of some kind. And so it's a a nice, uh, again, it's a nice thing to sit down and watch while you're eating your favorite fair food. Uh, And then starting at 3 o'clock today, I think it is, um, back on the south track is KOI Drag Racing. And that's an interesting Thing as well because they will race anything i'm not sure if it's their official uh motto but they will race anything <laughs> we had a couple of horses go back there a, you know, a couple three years ago and they okay let's go and they raced there we go. yeah that was pretty fun
0: yeah so that is uh, tonight then uh tomorrow uh another big night we've got uh, music
4: We've got music, yeah. So um, we've got the homegrown triple play concert, mm-hmm. featuring uh, our our Finley favorite, the reunion band, kicks us off at five o'clock, and then Jess Kelly Adams, and she's been with you, Chris, uh, right. once or twice. Yep. And uh, she's on at seven. She's a great gal. She her puts on a great show. The video is on uh, yeah. CMT's
0: website. Yeah, by it way. is. So if you want to check that's out the right. new yeah. uh, video, she yeah. performed that for us in the studio. That's right. Uh, about a week ago, and uh, the video for it is on CMT. So yeah. that's pretty cool.
4: Yeah, and she's so excited to be here. She considers this her hometown, and um, um, the first fair she played here. I think it was 2013. She said, <laughs> and so it's really important to her. And awesome. then Josh Melton closes that concert out. Uh, starting at nine o'clock, and then again, it's a fan favorite. It's a fairgoer favorite. Saturday night is the team horse pulls, and yeah. these uh, North grandstands will be packed with people, and they'll be standing all the way around. So that, that's uh, that's a fun time too. So those big draft horses come in, pull that sled in a in a competition to see who can pull yeah. how much weight. Yeah, that is
0: really impressive to it's watch fun. those big horses yeah. pull yeah. all that weight. Lots of entertainment on Sunday as well. We got the, uh, dre- or the uh, Demolition Derby on Monday. Want to highlight, though, real quickly, uh, make sure that we don't run out of time. We want to make sure that we talk about this the livestock sale on Monday, Liza. because that is such an important part of the fair. It doesn't necessarily uh, it's not the glitz and glamour of some of the you know the drag races and the demolition derby and the horse pulls but this is a big big deal for these kids. Well, yeah,
4: I mean it's really the it's really the culmination of their project. Uh, yeah. That that's what these projects are all about is for, for these kids to to put the time in and to learn and understand what it takes to raise production agriculture animals and take them to market uh, so that we can all have the enjoyment of those in our, in our uh, freezers and in our, our, our uh, packs at the uh, grocery store and so forth. So we can have those grilling nights and so such. So it is important. Um, and so for those of you who are out there that haven't yet uh, signed up to come in and be a supporter of the sale. Uh, you know, we still can take you uh, even on sale day. So come yeah. in on Monday morning, and we can sign you up and get you a bidder number.
0: And there are ways that you can support the kids, even if you are not necessarily in the. I mean, I can hear some people say, "Well, what do I do with a pig? <laughs> 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 what do I do with a with a cow?" If I bid on a on a cow, you can actually uh, support without having to worry about that end. That, up
4: absolutely yet. right. In fact, most of our buyers don't actually buy the animal and take them to yeah. the uh, processor. They they are just putting a a what we call a premium bid on top of that animal uh, that's going through the sale and added additional yeah. dollars to the uh, to the uh, uh, good of the exhibitor. So mm-hmm. most of those most of those animals are actually going to go out uh, to uh, what we have base bid buyers that come in and say, "All right, we'll take all these animals in and process them." And yeah. so all of those uh, premium uh, bidders that support us, um, they're, they're here simply just to. Yeah. Put some money
0: in and, there. And we've talked about this before. Um, if you've never seen the livestock sale, it's really interesting to to watch and watch the kids go through that. It's an, an awful lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, so, yeah. It runs that, pretty fast. And that is all day on Monday. So yeah. you've got plenty starts of o'clock to, to get uh, to get that out there. Again, uh, Jeff Cole with us, uh, president of the Hancock County Fair Board. And a um, uh, great fair, again, yeah, terrific crowds. Uh, can't officially say record crowds, but certainly much bigger than last year.
4: Yes, sir. That's absolutely true.
0: (laughs) uh, Here at the uh, Hancock County. All right. Thanks very much. Thank you, Chris. Thanks,
4: everybody. We'll see you at the fair.
0: Well, to your health this morning, how many times do you hear it over the course of the uh, summer season, especially got to make sure that you wear sunscreen, protect your skin whenever uh, you're uh, outside? Well, did you know that new science uh, tells us that your skin may need more than just sunscreen to protect from sun damage. Joining us this morning is board-certified dermatologist and uh, laser and cosmetic surgeon, Dr. Deanne Davis. So, sunscreen uh, is not enough?
2: Well, sunscreen is enough, but there's a little bit more. And as we all know, sunscreen is definitely the holy grail of adding into your skincare regimen. No matter your skin type or tone, everyone should be wearing sunscreen to protect their skin from the harmful UV rays. But according to new research in the Journal of Drugs and Dermatology, your skin barrier can further be enhanced and protected and have the benefits by having a regular skincare routine and also using products that contain either ceramides in your moisturizers or ceramides in your sunscreen. Ceramides are naturally found in the skin and they work to keep our skin cells together to provide our nice barrier protection that the skin gives us. So by incorporating your sunscreen that has ceramides in the product, you further get that protection from the UV rays, and you also get the protection of sealing and moisture and having protected skin.
0: Okay, so let's reiterate and and cover once again, because we can never uh, say it enough, uh, talk a little bit about uh, some of the misperceptions, some of the myths with respect to skin and sun protection. Uh, run us through the basics here.
2: Okay, so one common misconception is that if you are not going outside, you do not have to apply sunscreen. In fact, V did a study where 58% of people said that they would only apply sunscreen if they were going to be outside for multiple periods of time or extended periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is not true. You should definitely be wearing um, sunscreen even if you're going outside for two or three minutes. Another misconception is that you don't have to wear sunscreen if you are staying inside. And that is not true because the UVA rays can still penetrate through the glass in your windows or in the windows of your office or the windows of your car. So even if you are staying inside or working from home now, as a lot of us are, you still want to put on sunscreen every day.
0: So one of the other common mistakes that, that we make is uh, we often don't use enough, right?
2: Yes. That is another, um, that is another point to definitely um, educate listeners on is that um, you want to make sure that you're using enough sunscreen. So to cover your entire body, ideally you want to use about one ounce of sunscreen or enough to feel a stock glass. Um, For your everyday wear, I usually will say that you at least want to use enough sunscreen for your face, neck, and chest that equals about the size of a quarter on the palm of your hand.
0: Okay, so some good rules of thumb there. And again, uh, just to uh, emphasize, this is, and I think you were mentioning it earlier, uh, doesn't matter what type of skin type you have, skin color you have, all skin is susceptible to the effects of sun damage.
2: That is correct. And like you said, from the fairest to the darkest of skin types, everyone should be wearing sunscreen because otherwise we'll start to see the evidence of those years of sun damage that you have, which could be either precancerous or skin cancer lesions and also discoloration in my patients with black and brown skin. So I definitely recommend that they wear a sunscreen every day. And I like to recommend tinted sunscreens because they match almost all skin types. One in particular that I'm loving is the CeraVe Hydrating Mineral Sunscreen SPF 30 Sheer Tint. It's lightweight, it's non-greasy, it blends onto the skin nicely, and a lot of my patients love it, and it matches almost all skin types.
0: You referenced uh, the uh, survey uh, earlier, this new survey uh, on how Americans are changing their uh, sunscreen and skincare habits or their approach to uh, all of this. And you mentioned it revealed some potentially dangerous misconceptions, misperceptions about protecting our skin. Are there anything else in that survey that particularly stood out to you?
2: What stood out the most was definitely that the um, conception is that you only have to apply sunscreen if you're going to be outside for yeah. extended periods of time. But, you know, every little bit of sun exposure that you're exposed to, whether you're going to the supermarket, the post office, the you know, grocery store, the library, wherever, or even work, every little bit of that sun exposure adds up over time. And it's the cumulative effect that really starts to affect your skin and can lead to possibly precancerous lesions or skin cancers.
0: It is a familiar mantra, but one that uh, bears repeating, especially as we head into the summer season. Uh, again, uh, board-certified dermatologist and uh, laser and cosmetic surgeon, uh, Dr. Deanne Davis with us this morning. Where do we get some more information?
2: So you can get more information and skincare tips over at com, and make sure you're following V on all of their social media platforms.
0: It is a big day at the Hancock County Fair, of course. The Battle of the Barrels and drag racing among the highlights on the fair entertainment schedule on this Friday. Meanwhile, it's week number three of the high school football season. Findlay Trojans could not hang on against Perrysburg last week, falling 28-14, even their season at 1-1 one and one on the year. This week on the
1: Coach's Corner, our John Marshall Caught up with head coach Stefan Adams. Yellow Jackets jumped out 14-0 in the first, but your defense kind of got its bearings and shut them out the rest of the second quarter. Where did you feel like you
3: were at halftime? Yeah, I felt like we were kind of in a similar position to uh, the previous week. You know, we were down. Um, we we haven't quite putting things. We haven't, we haven't quite put things together yet, and uh, we need to go in, and make adjustments, and, and find out where we're making our mistakes and where things aren't clicking yet. Uh, get them fixed, and then get back out there and finish the second half. And I felt, you know, once again, the guys weren't necessarily heads down in the locker room. I know frustrated a little, of course. That's, that's the nature of the game in any game. Uh, but I felt like we can go in and, and really kind of turn this thing around with one or two plays.
1: Pretty stiff defense early yeah. on in the third, forced Perrysburg to punt. Ben Ireland took it back 62 yards for the score. Just like that, you're just down one touchdown. Perrysburg scored a TD in the third and another in the fourth donovan harrison finished the scoring with a 90 yard kickoff return for a touchdown special teams really came up big for you this week two returns for scores a good kickoff and coverage that certainly is something you'd like to see a lot more of
3: absolutely you know uh you know when it comes down to it i'd say we were pretty average you know anthony wayne week with our special teams uh and we we were able to click and get things rolling with our offense and defense right that's not all three facets hitting on the same note you know, so coming into this game, uh, you know, we were able to have that third element of the, the special teams uh, being a vital part of our program, and we hit some bright spots there. Uh, now it's just putting everything together, as you know, uh, right. in one game. That's that, that's the ultimate goal.
1: Pieces here and there, really good defense yep. at, at spots. Yep. Um. Offensively, did you feel like you were you had the right things going? Just didn't necessarily hit. all at once?
3: Yeah, I just just couldn't get a rhythm going. Uh, Definitely uh, credit to them and the scheme they put together. Uh, They try to take away our best uh, our best, you know, our biggest strengths right now. Um, And, you know, we just, as we try to get things rolling, there's a little mishap here, a little misassignment there, and like I said, it all reflects back to me of making sure we're cleaner, uh, more precise, and we don't get ourselves behind the chains. So, uh, definitely just couldn't get the ball rolling. And it just was tough, and man we gave the ball back to them and they really did a good job of keeping the ball away from our offense
1: okay so let's look forward now this week you're back on the turf at donnell stadium where you'll see bowling green they come off a pretty good pretty good season a year ago but they've only scored one time in the first two games while giving up 56 points to bath and eastwood what do you see in the in the Bobcats this year?
3: Yeah, um, I see. You know, obviously first year program, but uh, I think offensively they come off the ball extremely well. Uh, they run a very uh, I say this word an annoying offense, but it's annoying because we don't see it enough, right? And you you prepare for that dive option or any sort of veer uh, option offenses, and that takes a lot of practice, takes a lot of uh, discipline, as everything does. But really, with this kind of offense, to have your eyes and guys doing their job. We just received our football wristbands, courtesy of Coach Baker today, one of my assistants, and, you know, we had on there, just do your job. That couldn't be more important uh, than a week than this week, uh, especially with that option offense, right? Knowing who your assignment is, knowing where to be, who you're on, and doing exactly what you're taught to do all week long.
1: Because the option offense is all about finding that one-week spot. 100%. They're going to read it, and if you, they're gonna, it's going to challenge your
3: discipline. Uh, that's what it's meant to do, and if you're not disciplined, it definitely can uh, – definitely can rip some big ones off so they're aggressive they have some good athletes some good skill guys and uh, they got a little freshman that's pretty good too and i know they want to get those guys the ball as much as possible so just got to be disciplined
1: so as you head into this one it, it doesn't sound so much as it's stop what bg does so much as let's do what we do mindset
3: yeah there, there's definitely that part of it i mean but that's just the overall part of being a part of a team everybody you know assigned a responsibility Everybody has a role, and sometimes you want to make sure you're not doing them outside of what you're asked to do. Just do your part. Uh, but you know, to the other side of it too, you know, no, this is a team that that probably saw last week's game and figures they can have some success running in the ball uh, if they're just physical and they come off the ball. So you know, we have to kind of answer that call. We have to leave no doubt. And then defensively, they're they're pretty they're, at least right now they're showing some simplicity. But I've always had this thing where I, I, we got to be prepared to see everybody's everything. You know, uh, everybody's best. So. You know, we might go into the game and they might show us one thing and then they come out with another. Uh, We've really kind of prepared for all those situations heading into all of our games, uh, but definitely kind of reemphasize that this week.
0: The Trojans return to Donnell Stadium this evening. Our coverage begins with tonight in high school football from the ONN right after the 6 o'clock news. Followed by Tim Montgomery and Cliff Height with the call on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. Other action we're following tonight around the area. Opening week in the BBC, our game of the week on our sister station 100.5 WKXA is Arcadia at Van Buren. Meanwhile, Arlington travels to Liberty. Benton should be a really good one tonight. McComb is at Van Lu, Riverdale at Corey Rawson. Pandora-Gilboa travels to North Baltimore. Lipsick is at Tenora. Ada at Hardin Northern. Faustoria at Hopewell-Loudon. Allen East at Elmwood. Bluffton at Ayersville. Columbus Grove is at Patrick Henry. And Waite comes down from Toledo to carry tonight. You can follow all of those games and more in real time on the WFIN scoreboard page, powered by ScoreStream and presented by Owens Community College at WFIN.com scoreboard. It is also linked up at goodmornings.net. And, of course, catch the Coach's Corner with John Marshall, live from Ralphie's, Wednesday evenings at 6 p.m. or anytime on demand at WFIN.com.
1: We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert.
0: Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you is a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Seems that driving get gets people into trouble a lot. Uh, today's broken news is a perfect example of that. A lot of people in their automobiles in the broken news. Sometimes it's not how you're driving, but where you're parked that leads to trouble. Police in Clearwater, Florida spotted an SUV parked... <laughs> Halfway over a seawall adjacent to a paved parking lot. <laughs> so you have the big parking lot, but someone parked their SUV halfway over the seawall. An investigation led them to a 38-year-old unnamed driver who was arrested on DUI charges. Or D-U-P, driving, or, or P-U-I, uh, parking under the influence. Maybe that was... Oh, goodness. Truly a unique police chase uh, in Tennessee. On Wednesday morning, 39-year-old Tyson Gilbert led police on a high-speed chase through two Tennessee counties as he made his way toward the interstate. This was mostly on back roads, but he was heading for the interstate. A highway patrolman was the first to notice Mr. Gilbert had cut off his, you know... Truly, during his, I guess, during the police chase, uh, he threw his, uh, you know, out the window and claimed voices on the radio had told him it would save the world. All righty, then. He was taken into custody and transferred to the Vanderbilt University Medical Center. That's just all kinds of weird That during a police chase, of all things, I mean, to do that is one thing. To do that during a police chase. Who heard voices on the radio? You will not hear that on this radio station. I can guarantee you that. Learning to drive can be stressful. Uh, This, from the international file out of the UK, a person, and the name was not given on this, probably for the best. Person learning to drive has had their car confiscated <laughs> after this individual made a rude hand gesture at another driver. Made a rude hand gesture, I love how they put that, at another driver. It turns out, however, <laughs> that that the uh, rude hand gesture was directed at an unmarked police car. Well, that's unfortunate. The police in Kent posted about it on social media, along with a photo of the confiscated car, writing, quote, This person decided to make rude gestures whilst driving to an unmarked patrol car. They were driving on a provisional license, and the provision has been revoked. The car was seized, and it was a long walk home for this individual. <laughs> Well, you're learning to drive. <clears throat> well, he got a lesson, that's for sure. Confiscated the car. That's pretty. They take it seriously in Great Britain. Uh, some of the other uh, broken news this morning. Who knew that evil forces knew how to use technology? A New York priest claims that demons have figured out how to send text messages. Stephen Rossetti who is a licensed psychologist, counselor, and priest, says we have had three cases in which demons have texted the team and or the family of the possessed person. Well, okay, then. Uh, He said they were the two of these cases the most difficult we have ever seen. The issue of texting with a demon is covered in Mr. Rossetti's book, Diary of an American Exorcist. I get the feeling that he's just plugging the book. You know, that's... (laughs) You get a text message from a demon. That's weird. And finally, in the broken news this morning, some people uh, are not shy about asking for what they want on social media. A woman who is seeking a sperm donor for her child. She wants to have a baby, um, but she doesn't want to get married. She was looking for a sperm donor. She took to Facebook Facebook. To search for a donor, and uh, she has a pretty specific list of criteria. She wants men who are age 16 to 23, never used any illicit or even prescription drugs, have never imbibed in alcohol except for communion, blonde or light brown hair, not overweight, and from a 75% plus American background, as she puts it. Uh, she also demands that the donor agrees to forfeit all parental rights at time of birth, but uh, regular child support payments in the amount of 20% of your income will be expected within the first month of birth. <laughs> you will remain completely anonymous throughout the child's 18 years of life, and you would be expected to maintain the same level of anonymity with anyone around you. <laughs> This post has gone viral online with one person quick to chime in. What exactly is in it for the guy? And That is, is a good question. What exactly is in it? No parental rights, but 20% of your income in child support. Sure, sounds like a great deal. There you go. Uh, that is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less of hancock county veteran services we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming
3: WFIN says thank you for listening and remember you can listen around the clock on computer, smartphone or tablet. Start your day with Chris Oaks and good mornings and stay with us all day long. You also get CBS Sports Radio plus all of our locally originated sports programming. Listen live whenever you like at 1330 WFIN 95.5 FM and at WFIN.com where you can also grab our free mobile apps for iOS or Android.
0: And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. Labor Day weekend, uh, Labor Day Monday, uh, honoring workers. And I thought this was kind of interesting. According to a new Gallup poll, labor unions are more popular with Americans than they have been in more than five decades. Uh, the poll found 68% of Americans approve, generally, of labor unions. That's the highest Approval rate uh, the unions have had since 1965 when it was 71%. Unions have been growing in popularity since the Great Recession about a decade ago and favorability had hit a low of 48%. Democrats, of course, had the highest approval of unions at 90%, uh, while 66% of independents, two out of three, approve of uh, labor unions, 47% of Republicans, so even nearing uh, 50-50 split it's pretty significant for the GOP. Younger and non-white Americans were also more likely to approve of unions. Despite union approval reaching a level higher than it has been in half-century, union membership is still at a near-historic low at just 9% of those in the poll which is just slightly below the bureau of labor statistics number of ten point eight percent of the population belonging to a union unions have been pushing for passage of the protecting the right to organize act or the pro act which is a labor law overhaul that would make it easier for workers to collectively bargain including by creating new monetary penalties for companies that illegally bust unions and outlawing so-called right to work laws it has passed the Democratic controlled House, but it is stalled in the Senate, where not even all 50 Democrats support it. Interesting stuff from this new Gallup poll on the popularity of labor unions heading into this Labor Day weekend. Well, let's face it, at the fair, it's all about the food. And uh, it is, of course, traditional uh, each Friday morning at about the same time <laughs> that we welcome my wife, Kyra, into the studio. Even our, not really a studio, our remote tent yes. here at the uh, Hancock County Fair. It's nice. Yeah. It's not raining. It's good. It's beautiful weather. Yeah. Absolutely fabulous. And speaking of food. Uh, we mentioned our question of the day on our, our Facebook page. We posed this, what is your favorite fair food? And people have been uh, responding. A lot of the uh, usual suspects yeah. yes, in, in terms of uh, favorite fair food. But this one was one that finally somebody, uh, and I had forgotten about this, uh, Michelle mentioned the lemon shake-ups. <gasps> oh,
5: yeah. 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 Those are good. Those the, are uh, good.
0: The uh, pork nachos. Yes. Uh, you said the yeah. one of your that favorites. that was so. one of
5: what. That was on there. That that was one of their favorites, and a couple people commented on that, and I was like, okay, where are they?
0: (laughs) I need to try them. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, if you see my wife uh, wandering around the fair uh, (laughs) over the next couple of days, point her to the pork nachos. That's where... She's the real pretty one. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, here's the thing. We're talking about fair food, and it's all about fair food, um, but the question, what do you do when the fair ends?
5: Right. Well,
0: we have a collection of fair inspired recipes. You can make some of your favorites at home. My wife Kyra is here with her recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. And first of all, we have Corn Dog Nugget Muffins. Yes. (laughs) I just love the name of it. Corn Dog (laughs) Nugget Muffins.
5: (laughs) So, uh, one box of Jiffy Corn Mix, uh, Muffin Corn Mix, Uh, one egg, a third cup of milk, and four of your hot dogs. Uh, Prepare uh, your corn muffin mix according to the box directions. Grease your mini muffin tins. Uh, Spoon the mixture in um, by the teaspoon. Um, Then cut your hot dogs into bite sized pieces. Place um, a bite-size on top of your muffin mix. Then you can spoon a little bit more on top of that and um, on top of each hot dog, Bake at 350 for about 15-20 minutes, or until golden brown, and then enjoy.
0: So it's not deep fried. You're no, baking no, you're baking. These. So yes, uh, if you're concerned about right. the deep fried things yes. yeah. and maybe a little bit healthier, you, yeah. you bake these. Bake this. Now, could you do the the whole hot dogs? I mean, yeah. would you you yeah. could you wouldn't have to if it's you want you bit know the more
5: it's there's corn a little dog dog bit more I mean, to it. Your batter has to be thicker and okay, and you roll your cor- your hot dog in flour. And and then and then dip it in in okay. and then deep fry So and a
1: little bit thicker batter, a maybe deep, a little maybe
5: a
0: little less milk yeah. uh, to make it a little thicker. Yeah. Yep. And and then if you want to do the whole hot dog you'd roll yeah. that in flour, dip it in. And
5: dip it. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, and you've got to have a deep fryer that you can deep fry. Then you
0: would wanna deep right. fry it. Yeah.
5: Uh, and as opposed it has to basic. It has to be tall. I mean, you're deep well, that's frying. A good point. Yeah. You're deep frying a hot dog. It's so, a little bit harder at home. This is a lot but, easier yes. to just
0: do the the <laughs> hot dog muffin. Muffins, uh, or yeah. Nuggets. You might
5: be able to do like nuggets. mini corn dogs.
0: Yeah, so. But I've the never tried corn corn dog nugget muffins. Yes. Uh, to get your corn dog fix, yes. and then you have fried cheese bites. People yes. were talking about. Uh, fried fried cheese, cheese on a stick oh, yeah. being one of the anything fried yes. on a stick, a stick. is going to yeah. be popular at yeah. the fair. Yep. So you have the fried cheese bites.
5: Yes. So this is 10 ounce of your mozzarella cheese sticks, uh, one cup of Italian breadcrumbs, one cup flour, two eggs, and a quarter cup milk. So not too many ingredients, but the little part, uh, doing it is a little bit more. A little complicated. Yeah, complicated. So, cut your cheese sticks into bite-sized pieces. Um, try to get them as cold as possible.
2: As um, cold as yes. possible.
5: So, if you want to put them in the freezer for a little bit while you're preparing not, not your not completely other stuff, frozen, right? But if you like, cut them and then put them in the freezer okay. while you're preparing your other ingredients. Do that. Um, that'll get them a little bit colder. Uh, in a medium-sized bowl, add your egg and whisk um, uh, your egg. Whisk the eggs yeah and break up break up the yolk um add the milk and whisk again to incorporate those two ingredients and then in a separate bowl fill with flour and in another bowl fill with your bread crumbs so place the bowls uh, with the egg mixture in the middle of your two other bowls so they're in a row Roll. So your flour, your egg, and your breadcrumbs. So
0: you do one, go right right from one to the other. So take
5: one piece of mozzarella, dip it in the flour, then immediately into the egg mixture, and then uh, roll each of those into your breadcrumbs. So continue to do that until all your pieces of cheese are coated. Uh, Then you can place each finished piece on a plate until they are completed. And then in a medium-sized skillet, Heat your vegetable oil um, about two inches. Two inches in yeah, depth. In depth. Okay. If you're using like your iron skillet or something like that, mm-hmm. I use my uh, wok. So Again, yeah, with the wok. With my wok, and so I use about three inches because it kind of has.
0: It has that. Yeah. Because it's bowl. a wok. Yeah.
5: So yeah. so um, then just start deep frying. Uh, about thirty sec- seconds on each side. Uh, use a slotted spoon. Remove the pieces from the oil. Place on a paper towel, and then repeat until you're all done. Yummy. and Enjoy.
0: Yummy. So the actual the preparation is the big thing yeah. Uh, yeah. on this. So For this that's point. that's what takes more time.
5: Anything. There's a lot of prep.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't take long once you actually right. get them in the yep. in the oil. Yep. And then. Of course, what would a collection of fair recipes be without elephant ears?
5: Yum. (laughs) So this one, uh, two cups self-rising flour, and you do want to use self-rising flour, Um, two-thirds cup uh, warm water, two tablespoons butter melted, tablespoon of granulated sugar, vegetable oil for frying, and two tablespoons of cinnamon and sugar. Um, That's for coating at the end. Uh, So use your uh, self-rising flour, mix it with your warm milk, Uh, melted butter, and granulated sugar, um, and make a a ball form, so like a dough. Put it all together. Um, Right. uh, If your dough's too dry, add a little more milk. If it's a little too wet, add a little bit more flour. Um, Then cover with a plastic wrap and set aside for 10 minutes. That's kind of the rising process. Okay. Because you're using a self-rising flour. So
0: about 10, 15 minutes there.
5: Yep. Turn uh, turn the um, dough then on a floured surface, knead several times, Divide into eight equal parts. Uh, flatten each piece into a thin circle. It doesn't have to be a perfect circle. Circle. I use my rolling pin to get it nice and... I like mine thinner, okay. um, so it's nice and crispy. Okay. Um, heat um, about a half an inch of vegetable oil in a cast iron skillet or heavy pot to about 365 degrees. Uh, use your tongs to carefully uh, uh, flip your... Um, uh, dough. dough. So, you do it on when both sides. In the oil. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, fry for about one minute on each side until golden brown. Uh, drain on a paper towel uh, uh, lined plate and sprinkle with cinnamon sugar while warm and enjoy.
0: Mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So, there you go. Yeah. Uh, your fair inspired recipes. Yes. So that you can enjoy those terrific fair foods mm-hmm. anytime yep. from Kyra's After Kitchen. the fair. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Year round. Yes. And every day is fair day <laughs> with the. Corn dog nugget muffins, the fried cheese bites, and the elephant ears. We have those recipes posted on our Facebook page and also linked up at goodmornings.net. My wife, Kyra, from the fair, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that is our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us at the fair once again this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, and that is goodmornings.net. Coming up, tuesday on the program no podcast on monday for the holiday tuesday how many pounds of books and other stuff is your child lugging to and from school each day why it could be causing long-term damage and what to do about it from one of america's top chiropractors plus we'll preview this year's komen race for the cure so until tuesday morning that is good mornings for this morning now that you've had a good morning going out make it a good day a great weekend and we'll catch you back here next week